0: We are confident. Yeah, we wouldn't have implemented them if we weren't confident. So they've been worked through by a number of different working groups and stakeholders. It's been a long process that's involved a lot of feedback uh, and support from from groups that included fans, from players, players' associations, coaches, match officials and the like. Uh, We believe that what's being presented is going to be successful and we're excited to see the outcomes of these for Super Rugby.
1: So what are you basing success on? Have you got a, a series of uh, de- definitives that you know, if you can look back at the season and go, yes, it worked because of this?
0: Not measurable, because I think it's, it can get lost a little bit if we start putting measurable statistics around ball in play time and the rest of it. What we want is, is good feedback, uh, and we'll be performing a, a lot of fan surveys and research throughout the season to make sure that what we're presenting is actually meeting what the fans have asked us. You know, the feedback from from fans was about making sure that we the game was more fluid and that we we're reducing stoppages. We believe that a number of these innovations will do that, and we'll continue to sort of talk with our various stakeholder groups to make sure that what we are presenting is entertaining and is increasing more flow in the competition.
1: So this is with the New Zealand teams, but also with the the Pacifica teams and the Australian teams as well. Everybody's pitched into this.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, we had at the end of. The 22 season, we had a number of uh, conferences and and workshops in which we got the views of a whole lot of different people. And then since that point in time, we've worked hand-in-hand right across the Tasman, whether it's Australia, New Zealand, or even up in the Pacific, and made sure that coaches have had a significant amount of input into this. Players, through the players' unions as well, have been involved in every step of the way. And what we're getting to now is based off the work of a lot of different people, but has complete buy-in across the competition, pleasingly.
1: Could you just simply explain for the layman exactly what these changes are in, in, in reasonable English for us? Yeah. Um,
0: a number of these already exist in law. Uh, there are some that we're bringing in specifically to super rugby, but I think yeah, in a short, sweet, summary-type way, we'll see time limits enforced around conversions, penalty kicks, scrums, and line-outs. Uh, that'll be 90 seconds for a conversion, 60 seconds for a penalty and 30 seconds for scrums and line-outs just to encourage less time wastage in that area. That'll be managed by the referee. Um, we'll see a reduction in the ability for the TMO to come into the game. So we're putting more ownership on the match officials themselves to own the decisions that are being made on field. They'll still reserve the right to be able to go to the TMO at any stage they want uh, for his assistance in a review but the TMO will only be able to come into the game when called upon by the match official or in the case that the match officials may have missed a very serious, clear and deliberate act of foul play. Uh, In terms of the foul play itself, and this is probably the major change, we have changed the process so that we are performing a review of yellow cards with the ability to upgrade a yellow card to a red card in that period of time. And we think this is going to be pretty successful because it's going to enable referees to make decisions faster on the field with less time looking over replay. And then we'll have a better decision being made in that 10-minute period by the TMO to make sure that when we do reach a a red card decision, we're getting the right decision. There's a number of other things that have been implemented around um, change to some water runners' ability uh, to the ball, the number nine, not being able to follow the ball around the scrum. Uh, and intentional knock-ons, but they're all designed around increasing in flow and, and reducing stoppages in the game.
1: Super Rugby Pacific Tournament Director Matt Barlow joining us on Sports Talk. Uh, what about sanctions for those who don't follow the rules, and what can the referee do if they're messing around longer than your, your 30 seconds, your 60 seconds, your 90 seconds? Are there, are there punishments attached to that?
0: Yeah, definitely, and they exist in law at the moment, and they've been in law for a number of years now, but hasn't necessarily been implemented and we're making a concerted effort to implement those time restrictions at this point in time. So there is the ability to, to not allow conversions to take place, to deny the penalty kick and to uh, provide free kicks and then even on repeated occasions, penalty kicks for teams that don't set up the set piece in time.
1: What about resets? That's always been a debate in, in rugby union, the amount of time it takes to, to reset scrums. There's a lot of time wasting there. What, what do you think around that proposition?
0: Yeah, the, the ability to set the scrum and to be able to perform the scrum is important from a player welfare. Uh, we need players that feel comfortable that they've got the amount of time they need um, to be able to set the scrum safely and effectively. We believe that what we've put in place around encouraging teams to be there ready to set up uh, quicker will give us some incremental pullback on, on time wastage, but it's important that we still allow the teams to be able to set the scrum safely and confidently. The other thing that we've implemented around the nine, not being able to to follow the ball around, hopefully will encourage the ball to be able to be released from the scrum faster simpler uh, and lead to potentially some less resets as well.
1: But what about the physical demands on the players? Plenty you've talked to player associations about that with the speeding up of the game. Are they happy enough that that's going to work for them? Because the games, as you well know, have been going a lot longer than the 80 minutes that we had expected because players are getting tired. Is this part of your, uh, part of your so- solution?
0: It's definitely been uh, discussed. I think everyone's aware that if we're speeding up, there's probably going to be a need for a little bit more conditioning. Uh, However, we're comfortable that the players are conditioned to be able to perform to that level. Um, While it might take a a little bit of a filling-out period through these trials and the first couple of rounds, we've got no doubt that we're not putting the players in a difficult position and we're not increasing the welfare issues against them and they'll be able to perform effectively.
1: What about with the referees themselves and the way they apply these laws? Uh, How much have you got around what they are, I suppose, responsible for when it comes to the wash-up, when it comes to the review of their performance as well? Because there's a lot on them to implement these changes.
0: Yeah, we're really lucky we've got some of the best match officials in the world in our competition. So We're extremely pleased to have those guys in the middle making those decisions and we're confident that the decisions they're going to make are are going to be correct um, based off the information that's available to them. They've been a part of this process. Um, We've asked them where we have added additional responsibility, whether they're willing to accept that. In in the majority of cases, they wanted that extra responsibility. gives them more clarity across the game and gives them more control. So I think it's going to be a good outcome for everybody involved
1: where do you see the most difficulties here? Plenty would have looked forward and gone okay these changes, some of them are sweeping, some of them are not so. Do you anticipate issues in any areas at all?
0: No, I don't think we anticipate any issues at the moment but we'd be silly not to acknowledge that there is always the possibility when you are making some changes that something could come into play. We've spent a lot of time in in looking at the various scenarios and issues that could come into play and, and believe we've, we've got processes in place to be able to deal with all those. So we're confident but we're going to continue to review these as the competition go along. We'll be talking to the various groups that are involved in these and getting their feedback and getting an understanding as we move forward. Yeah, Are they being successful? Are they doing what we need these rules to achieve? And are they worth keeping as they move forward?
1: And just finally, uh, Matt, and thanks so much for joining us on Sports Talk. At a international level, will we see a, a similar move toward this, the policing of these laws that have already been around?
0: Not all of them. So some of these have been announced by World Rugby that uh, will be sort of wheeled out globally and in place from this point in time, particularly some things around the uh, time periods for kickers and, and setting up set piece, some things around the interpretation and, and water breaks. Some of the other things that we've introduced around the, the number nine and particularly the foul play are not going to be global at this point in time, but we're trialling these to be able to provide data and information back to the wider rugby community so hopefully if they are successful and we think they will be we can look at the ability to to drive their implementation in other competitions around the world
1: one of the scariest things you can hear as a parent is quiet but if you do get a little quiet time have a listen to the parenting hangover